Hello and welcome to Fine Laws Don't Judge Me, the show about law in real life. I am Baby Hinata, joined by Joe Fabish. Hey, Joe. Hey, how's it going? And we have Ms. Laura Temi back today. Hello. <laughs> Good to have you back, um, Laura. We Thank are, you. Especially because we're talking about something that's kind of up your alley, tech, techie stuff, privacy yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Today, we're talking about um, the recent filing uh, by the Texas Attorney General um, against Facebook, a.k.a. Meta, which is, uh, you know, the parent company of Facebook. Um, The Texas Attorney General filed a privacy lawsuit against them recently uh, for allegedly collecting facial recognition data without the clear permission of Facebook users. And I will just note that this attorney general from Texas, Ken Paxton, is, yes, indeed, the same attorney general who has been prioritizing pursuing voter fraud and opposing the expansion of absentee voting to voters who are immunocompromised against COVID. And so I, I all I will say is that I'm glad he's pursuing a new priority. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ken Paxton is a name that we've heard um, quite a bit in the last couple of years. I just wanted to ask, does anybody else remember when Facebook first started doing the tag suggestions on oh, photos? Man. Like, yeah. It was kind of funny at first when it would mistake friends for each other who didn't look anything alike, but then it just quickly got super weird. Was it like 10 years ago? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. I got mistaken for an inanimate object on more than one occasion. <laughs> oh, no. But I think technology has since progressed and it's... Uh, oh, just a little, yeah. I'm not on Facebook anymore, hardly, so... And, 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 and people have just, like, stopped tagging, right? Like, when did that stop becoming a thing? Mm-hmm. Did people just get paranoid about exactly this kind of privacy stuff? Is, is that way it stopped tagging? Well, they stopped collecting facial recognition data a couple years ago. That was around 2019. I guess I can't remember. I'm not a huge uh, Facebook (laughs) user myself, so I I can't remember the exact date. But yeah, they've been... Facebook, I I do know that they like to tweak things. They're they're big tweakers. So they always... That's not what tweakers means, Joe. Oh, come on. That was funny. That was funny. I know. Joe is not. Joe is not innocent. Anyway, so yeah, I remember that people like kind of all of a sudden stopped tagging people. Maybe like, I don't know, five years ago before the 2019 thing happened, people had been tagging took a nosedive and i wonder if it's because people were concerned about privacy and stuff i don't know yeah well privacy has been a big concern for many years even before they started collecting biometric data and we should probably quick define biometric data Mm -hmm. yeah it's just a fancy term for anything that relates to people's physical features and used as a method of identifying them so it could include, uh, you know, an eye scan, a uh, fingerprint scan like you do on your phone sometimes, facial recognition. And in some cases, people are even using vocal cadence or even gait. And typing cadence. That one freaked yeah. me out. Yeah, that's <laughs> Wait, next level typing creepy for cadence? sure. Yeah. They'll recognize you by how you type? Yeah, keystrokes. It's crazy. So yeah, as you can imagine, there are quite a few... Privacy concerns with all of this, data breaches are routine, and if your password is stolen, that's one thing, but if your fingerprint is stolen, you can't really Mm -hmm. go and change that. So uh, there's a little bit of heightened awareness of the uh, privacy issues that we're dealing with with some of this newer data. 
Not to mention, nobody wants the government to have their data or anything. They already have my fingerprints, so I guess I'm screwed either way. <laughs> uh, who's recording eye scans? Like, I get the vocal cadence because you talk to Siri and Alexa all the time. That makes sense. But who, what about the eye scans? It can be uh, used for security, for employment. Uh, so if there's some a bank vault or something like they have in those thriller movies, you'll you'll still see... I bet, like, the Pentagon has it or Maybe. something like that. I don't yeah. know. Please, please don't hunt me down, people at the Pentagon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm extra paranoid today, but here we are. So before we get into the case against Meta, let's talk a little bit about data privacy and biometric privacy laws. So I guess up top, there currently is no comprehensive federal law on this biometric data that we're talking about. There are statutes on personal data protection and privacy, like California's CCPA. Right. It's California's Consumer Privacy Act. Um, New York also has a one that I must mention because it has such a great name. It's the Stop Hacks and Improve Electronic Data Security (laughs) Act, also known as the SHIELD Act. Oh, they worked really hard for that one. It was was (laughs) a background if I've ever seen one. They they tried really hard. (laughs) It's like on, like in Marvel, they have the, what is it, strategic homeland. I don't even remember it because it's so stupid. Anyway, carry right. <laughs> So, okay, New York, whatever you got to do to make yep. yourself like a, a Marvel comic. Um, and the point is, m- most states don't have biometric data, but some states have these general privacy laws. But of course, it's not, even general privacy laws aren't federally comprehensively regulated. So... Texas's law is one of a handful of biometric data laws, QB, and it's uh, the Capture or Use of Biometric Identifier Act. Under that law, the companies are required to store, transmit, and protect biometric information using reasonable care in, in the same or a more protective manner than how they store, transmit, and protect other types of sensitive information. But what are the standards for these other types? Well, we can talk about some of the existing regulations around general data that's not specific to biometric data to see what those standards even are that the biometric data laws require you to go further than. So let's go back to California, the CCPA. California state law, um, the CCPA, went into effect in 2020. And this is the California Consumer Privacy Act. So if you're now browsing websites with a California IP address, you might see a pop-up on a given site that gives you an option to opt out and say something like, do not sell my personal information. So what is that, you know, what is that doing? Personal information isn't necessarily like being sold in the strictest sense. Uh, It's usually not literal, right? Most sites aren't literally selling your data as in giving cash, getting cash in exchange for the fact that you might have come to their site. So Facebook slash Meta actually had a public statement reacting to the CCPA when it was passed in um, surprising support of it. They said, quote, while we think a strong federal privacy law is the best way to ensure consistent privacy rights for people throughout the U.S., Facebook supports the CCPA, um, and they said, we are ready for its arrival in part because we've made many long-term investments across our products to help people everywhere easily manage their privacy and understand their choices. Um, And they say, you know, for example, they built self-serve tools that let people access, download, and delete their information. So, you know, their public statement is that we're we're in support of this, um, but that seems to be contradicted by, I don't know, the current state of things with its biometric privacy laws. But of course, this kind of personal information, it's 
it's not just implemented with big tech companies like Facebook or Google. It can happen with pretty much any company that does a lot of business online. For example, on this podcast, we like all podcasters, by the way, uh, pay attention to how many listens this episode gets compared to other episodes. And so if I'm talking to nobody right now, I will know. Mm -hmm. And then we will never do an episode on nerd tech law ever again. I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Laura, the people have spoken. I'm just saying, look, I keep letting Joe talk about sports. So, you know, this is true. We have this. (laughs) This is true. But generally, right, like, you know, we we know and collect all these data so that it helps us give a better service. Mm -hmm. Like, we have a more interesting podcast, have better content on websites. Before people get too scared, though, I do want to make it clear that we don't know individually who is listening so it's not like we're tracking <laughs> you know or yeah we're, we're not gonna send you an email saying i saw that you stopped listening at you know the 13 minute <laughs> mark was was there a problem uh, it's not like that we just like to see how many people are listening and then same with same with tr we have a, a pretty transparent privacy policy so if you want any more details on fine law or tr's privacy policy it's definitely available on the website and everything there is is accurate and up to date and complete. No one's giving us cash in exchange for the fact that you, reader or listener, might have come to our site, findlaw.com, and searched for, I don't know, how to get away with murder. We're not going to track you down. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately, nobody cares. Sorry, unless there's ad money in it. <laughs> I mean, I care a little bit. I get a little scared when we start looking at like search engine stuff and how. Pe- and anyway, you know what? It just makes me scared. The things people search on the internet are wild. It it is, and I, I think there's just too much wild searches out there for any of us to be accountable. We we just all are all searching ridiculous things. But what a lot of sites will use though is is cookies. Of course, you. I'm sure you guys have heard that term a million times. But the way that works is. Mostly, you know, for example, we would use cookie data for internal site improvement. So articles you read, how long you spend reading them to make sure that we don't continue putting out blogs that put you to sleep. You're welcome. And in the case of other sites, this same cookie data that's tracking your behavior can also go to a third party vendor like Google. Google has a platform called Google AdSense, for example, and that can take this sort of data from a bunch of different sites say ours plus the New York Times all the way to tablet. What's the opposite of us? Like is our tablet still a thing in the internet age? Oh like, yeah. TMZ. Oh yeah. That's, oh, yeah. That mm-hmm. thing? Okay. Whatever. Right. So like basically Google AdSense could aggregate your data, people's data from all these different sites, aggregate that and then use that data to create user profiles that advertisers can then target. So that is how you end up being followed by ads that you're like where does where is this coming from this seems like so pointed like i don't know have you guys ever gotten like a noom ad for that dieting app not because you need to lose weight or even because google thinks you need to lose weight but because google thinks you think you need to lose weight Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) it just seems like a little too on the nose sometimes (laughs) so if you were in california or one of those states that have these new regulations and you click that button asking the site to stop selling your data, then the idea is you won't get those types of ads from that site anymore. And then your browsing history on that site won't factor into the types of ads you see. So hopefully you'll start stop getting ads that seem a little passive aggressive. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, and and if you happen to live in the European Union, you have even more rights where we have the General Data Protection Regulation, and this took effect in May of 2018. And this was seen as a huge step forward for data privacy worldwide and is still considered the strongest data privacy in the world. So I guess before I get into this, keep in mind, this only applies if you live in a European Union country. However, interestingly, it could impact you if you are a business that does business with people who live in the EU. So the the GDPR breaks down into data subjects versus data controllers. Data subjects are like the three of us. We are, you know, consumers, we're people out in the world. Data controllers are companies like Facebook or like TR, and they're the entities that are collecting people's data. And it addresses eight essential rights for data subjects, you and me. And these are known as the right to information, right to access, right to erasure, right to restriction of processing, right to data portability, the right to object, and the right to avoid automated decision making. And there's all sorts of stuff that goes into all of those. The The short version is that essentially you have the right to be informed about which companies or entities are collecting your data, how they're using it, and you can also ask them to stop. And so again, keep in mind these are protections are only afforded to residents of the EU. But if you're collecting data, it's important to keep in mind that this does apply worldwide. So like if you're Google or Facebook, even though you're an American company, you would be theoretically implicated by these laws, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And TR does comply with the GDPR. <laughs> uh, like a lot of businesses, um, you know, if, if you work for a large company, you've probably heard of this before because a lot of companies have had to work really hard to comply with this law. So that's why mm-hmm. I wanted to throw that out there. Uh, while it uh, does only apply to Europe, it's it's a little bit like how California has stricter regulations on making, you know, gas mileage on cars and that sort of thing. And a lot of car companies just go by the California regulations because they want to sell cars in California as well. So it, it does have a fair amount of effect on a lot of large businesses. And I know Facebook and Google have both been in court in Europe more than once for some of these issues. So yeah, data privacy laws are great, but those frameworks can be hard to apply to biometric data. And that's why several states have enacted targeted biometric privacy laws to regulate collection and use of biometric data. And typically these these laws don't prohibit businesses from collecting biometric data. Instead, they require them to notify their customers, employees, users, whoever, that they are collecting this data and then create policies regarding how they will use it and store it and set a standard where they have to protect this type of sensitive data using a, quote, commercial standard of care is the thing I see thrown around a whole bunch. Who knows what that actually means? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know. And, uh, and like a lot of the data privacy laws, it also prohibits the sale of biometric information. And in the U.S., it all started with Illinois. Yeah. Do we get to talk about BIPA now? We sure do. Please talk about BIPA. I feel like BIPA makes it really cute. Well, yeah. And then same with uh, QB. QB is so cute. They're adorable. Yeah. They're such cutesy names for such a dystopian topic. It's probably so that I stop feeling paranoid <laughs> about, my da- about my data being sold. <laughs> all right. So... BIPA or BIPA. This is a law that the ACLU was really behind and uh, really wanted to pass. It's also a very consumer-friendly law. It was passed in 2008. It's called the Biometric Information Privacy Act. 
And basically, it just says that a private entity cannot collect or store biometric data without first providing notice, obtaining written consent, and making certain disclosures. So people can't just go snap your photo and start doing facial recognition, uh, <laughs> which is good. And and this only applies to companies, not the government? Yeah, the government has its own, own deal and. That, I think, is probably its own topic. Because there's a lot of, we don't have the CCTV problem that, I guess, like, the UK has. But, you know, there's cameras everywhere Mm -hmm. there. And so I always wonder, you know, the government can do a lot more, even the states, I suppose, right? Yeah. Well, and people do worry about that. All you have to do is look at China and see what the government of Mm -hmm. China is doing to their citizens to see what level you can take this to. They're, they're at the next level. Uh, but the interesting thing about BIPA is that it contains a private right of action. And what this means is that you don't have to show specific damages. What happens is, say you find out that some biometric data has been taken from you and is not in compliance with the Illinois law. If you are an Illinois resident, you can file a claim under this law and get damages between $1,000 and $5,000, even if, you know, it wasn't like you had your uh, fingerprint stolen and they used that to unlock your phone and then did all sorts of damage. You can just say, no, they broke the law. This is what happened. And if they didn't abide by the law, you can recover under it. Usually, in order to recover under a consumer protection law, you have to make a point of describing the damages that you suffered. And in this case, BIPA doesn't require you to do that. So that's why it's such a consumer-friendly law and possibly one of the only reasons why not that many states have passed a similar law. And so it's it looks like it's an opt-in rather than an opt-out law. Yeah, an example of this would be like if you have a banking app on your phone and it offers you the option to sign in using your fingerprint. Under this law, they have to tell you that your fingerprint will be stored when you use the fingerprint ID to log into the app. They have to tell you that it's only used to make logging in easier and... They have to tell you that it'll say only be stored for six months. And then you as the user have to indicate that you agree. So, yeah, exactly. It's it's sort of an opt in rather than opt out. So Facebook has already paid a 650 million settlement under BIPA for the same issue that Texas is suing them for, namely taking pictures and using AI to try to generate facial recognition technology. So there's already precedent for Texas to believe that they have a pretty strong case against Facebook. Uh, And Facebook also paid a $5 billion penalty to the Federal Trade Commission in 2019. And this was kind of for a probe of the Meta's privacy issues in general. That was uh, related to the Trump campaign, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the Cambridge Analytica stuff, which... Our listeners are probably familiar with Cambridge Analytica. Basically, they use data to target voters um, for the 2016 presidential campaign. It was big news. How does the FTC or the federal government get involved unless it's through their own initiative? What uh, statutes do they have? The FTC does enforce consumer protection laws at the federal level. So the FTC does have the authority to bring an investigation of its own accord. And if they find widespread violations or practices that aren't in compliance with federal laws, 
they're well within their right to issue a fine. For most companies, $5 billion would be devastating. Uh, Facebook just kind of shrugged it off. I think they probably <laughs> made that yeah. in the same quarter that they paid the fine, and they already paid the entire $5 billion fine. So it was kind of a cost of doing business for them. And it often is uh, with, with big tech companies. But I guess... I guess the difference between the Fed stepping in and some of these state statutes that we're talking about is it seems like a lot of these state statutes like BIPA, of course, have a private right of action. Um, is Does QB work the same way where citizens independently sue? Yeah, it, it's a great question. One of the reasons why BIPA is such a notable law is because of that private right of action. And a lot of employers and companies who are concerned with compliance pay very close attention to it because of that private right of action. The Texas law does not. It says specifically in the statute that anyone or any business who violates this section is subject to a civil penalty of not more than 25000 for each violation, but the attorney general has to bring the action to recover that civil penalty. And as Ken Paxton demonstrated, he is more than willing to go after billions of dollars if the opportunity presents itself. <laughs> yeah, so speaking of, speaking of good old Ken, uh, Joe, you want to text? You want to tell us a little bit more about the the, the very recent uh, Texas lawsuit brought by the AG against Meta slash Facebook? QB is a lot like Beepa. It's the kind of the same principle. It was passed a year after the Illinois law, and it's very much a copycat law. You have to provide notice to the individual before you get the biometric identifier. Uh, you have to get consent from that individual. And then once they're captured and stored, you cannot sell, lease, or disclose these identifiers unless you meet one of the exceptions, which are pretty narrow. If you consent to having them sell it, or if you have to complete a financial transaction requested by the individual with the biometric data, or if it's otherwise permitted by state or federal law. Like I said, the opportunity is clearly there. There's precedent for a huge multi-million dollar settlement that was already an issue with BIPA. Just recently, the Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, filed a privacy lawsuit against Meta Platforms, not seeking hundreds of millions, but billions of dollars in damages and fines. Texas is claiming that the social network violated both QB and their Deceptive Trade Practices Act. Basically, he's claiming that there was uh, false advertising involved. And the issue is the, the capturing the biometric data from users. Facebook no longer does this after their multi-million dollar settlement. A couple years ago, they stopped doing this, but the Texas AG is going after them for the decade that they were doing this at. So you can see however many Facebook users there are and however many times they took this biometric data, there is the opportunity for a significant, significant penalty for this lawsuit. Now, Facebook still denies that it violated any law, although the case against them, I think, is pretty strong. Meanwhile, Facebook has yet another lawsuit on their hands and we'll see how that goes. I, I would expect a settlement if I'm looking into my crystal ball. I would think Facebook <laughs> does not want to deal with this, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think it's not going to hit them as hard in the bank as just their PR. So I think, right, like their, their, their reputation of, of being risky platforms for your privacy and not protecting you, it, that's the reputation is the hardest hit that they would probably see. 
rather than any any fees that they have to pay. Well, there's a reason they rebranded into Meta, right? It was because <laughs> right. <laughs> right. one of the most recognized brands in the world. And they're like, no, nah, we don't like it anymore. Yeah, as much as I love like data privacy and tech law and stuff, I feel like the longer I either read or talk about it, the more kind of amped up and paranoid I get. So I, I got to like, I don't know, I got to go buy some more tinfoil or something. <laughs> And that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Find Laws, Don't Judge Me. Please subscribe to, rate, and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts. Check the show notes for related content. And if you'd like to contact us, send us an email at findlawpodcasts at thompsonreuters.com. 